It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 8th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll review the Orlando Magic's loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. Discuss uh, uh, some of the news that's been going around with Jonathan Isaac uh, undergoing ACL surgery and as well as Mo Bamba revealing his COVID-19 diagnosis. And we will talk about the bittersweet feeling, maybe not bittersweet, but the mixed feelings of the Magic's second playoff berth. We'll call, get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for every podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Sixers perspective on Friday's game? Check out Locked On Sixers. Want to look ahead to Sunday's matchup with the Boston Celtics? Check out Locked On Celtics. No matter what team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, all of them seem to be going right now anyway. You can find a podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Entering the third quarter, it was an ugly game. Uh, but things were going well for the Orlando Magic. They they opened up a lead up to, I think, seven, eight points. They were, you know, in not in charge, but they had control over the game. And, and it was being played at their pace. Maybe not the breakneck pace that they actually want to play at, but... They were dictating a lot of the, the tempo of the game. Uh, you know, they, they bottled up Joel Embiid with some really nice double teaming. They were able to get out to shooters. They were able to make Philadelphia's offense kind of bog down a lot. And it certainly was coming in the third quarter. It was starting to find its legs. But the Magic were keeping up. And not only keeping up, they were leading. This was the performance that we've been waiting on for a long time from the Magic. Performance where the defense truly led. 
Orlando, it seemed, was biding its time for its shots to finally fall because they missed a ton of open shots uh, and missed a ton of good opportunities in, in a generally sloppy game from both teams. But that never came. The shots did not fall. Orlando shot only 25% in the fourth quarter. And the frustration grew and grew and grew and grew and grew until it affected the defense. And as Steve Clifford pointed out after the game, the Sixers have this guy named Joel Embiid, a true superstar in this league. Someone who can change a game just on his energy and his play alone, can beat good defense. This is what playoff teams need. Someone who can beat good defense. Nikola Vucevic's defense was generally pretty good. I wouldn't say it was you know, fa- you know, fantastic, but he held the zone. He contested every shot, and Embiid beat him in the post and everywhere else. The Magic could no longer keep up. The Orlando Magic could no longer keep pace because they had lost their discipline. They were digging down too deep. They were fouling a lot. They were giving up threes, and they couldn't answer back. They could not make shots on their own. Philadelphia never ran away with this one. They got up by as much as 10, I believe, in the fourth quarter. The Magic were always within striking distance. Orlando missed shots and missed opportunities that they could have had to win and to, to, to draw closer, to take the lead, to win this game. The Magic truly can look at themselves uh, and the things that they did and did not do. They played hard. There's their, be- their best effort of, the, of this three-game losing streak. But that is no longer enough. That is not the standard anymore. Wins and losses are all that matter at this time of year. The playoffs are just a week away. Or a little bit more than a week away because they got to do the play-in series in the West. The Magic did a lot of good things. They fought hard. They played hard. But they did a lot of bad things too. And in winning time in that fourth quarter, their first time really playing a tight game in this in the campus, the Magic just didn't measure up. The Magic made so many just bad errors. And Philadelphia took advantage. Winning a close game is all about that. Taking advantage of your opponent's mistakes uh, and, and being at your best when you're at your worst, essentially. When you're when you're the most tired. When the game has really drawn your energy. Can you find the willingness to dig it out? And Orlando just didn't have it. Whether it was Evan Fournier, whether it was Terrence Ross, whether it was Nikola Vucevic, whether... It didn't matter who it was. Orlando did not have it. I would describe it as they ran out of gas. The Sixers had the horses to get to the end. The Magic did not, and they fell just short. The Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Orlando Magic 108-101. to Orlando holds Philadelphia to 40.9% shooting and 8-for-29 shooting from beyond the arc, but Orlando just 8-for-32 from beyond the arc themselves. 42% shooting themselves. So this is a game where not a lot of shots were falling. Orlando with just nine turnovers, but they give up 15 offensive rebounds, and each one of those seemed to sting. Yes, uh, yes, Philadelphia only scores 19 points on second chance points off those 15 offensive rebounds, but again, these are errors that are self-inflicted. The Magic are one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league, and in this game, they could not rebound. So they missed some critical rebounds that changed the tide of the game. Opportunities to to get back out, out in transition, to pick up the pace, the Magic missed on and gave extra chances to the Sixers who took advantage of it. They were able to get to the foul line. They were able to draw fouls. The Magic's defense was undisciplined in the fourth quarter. It, it just it just all fell apart very, very quickly for Orlando. The shooting numbers are, of course, not good, but no one's shoot, shooting numbers were worse than Terrence Ross. 
No points, 0 for 10 shooting, 0 for 4 from beyond the arc. Just quite simply, and this is just the blunt truth of it, Terrence Ross is in there to shoot and to score. When he is not shooting and scoring, he's not doing his job. He's not doing what he is out there to do. He made some mistakes as, as he got frustrated with the shots not falling. Philadelphia did a great job chasing him around screens, Matisse Thibel specifically, but Ross just, it, it, he didn't seem to have his rhythm throughout the game. The game was very disjointed to begin with, but Ross just couldn't find his rhythm. Evan Fournier couldn't either. Despite shooting 8 for 18 and scoring 22 points, just 2 of 7 from beyond the arc. Fournier missed some big shots in the fourth quarter. Orlando turned to Fournier to carry them to the finish, and he did not deliver. Nikola Vucevic was good, but inconsistent as well. 21 points, 12 rebounds, 9 for 18 shooting. Missed a couple, bun- missed a bunch of bunnies early in the game, but really settled in. And again, I thought he did a fine job on Joel Embiid. Uh, you know, Embiid with 23 points, uh, 16, uh, 15 rebounds, um, but he, a lot of that coming in the fourth quarter. Uh, Vucevic struggled a little bit in, in that quarter. Just you know, he 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 was good enough, but not good enough, if that makes sense. Um, James Ennis with a solid game against his former team, 14 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 9 rebounds, did a good job fitting into gaps, did a good job attacking glass, really helping the Magic on the, on the boards when he was in there. Orlando, of course, struggled on the glass. That was the big thing in the game. Um, just, they just didn't have the size uh, to match up with Al Horford and, and and Joel Embiid with Aaron Gordon out of the game. Gary Clark got the start, played 25 and a half minutes, just 1 for 5 shooting, all on 3-pointers. Five rebounds, but Al Horford just worked him all night long. Uh, every time Al Horford was in the game and Gary Clark was in there, they had no reason not to just send it to the post and just bury him down there. I mean, Clark just Clark did his best, but it was was not enough uh, again in that matchup. DJ Augustine also a nice game, sixteen points, five for seven shooting, five assists, one turnover for him. Did a good job just getting in the lane, creating things for the Orlando Magic, which is something that they desperately needed. Had a very very strong game and has continued to play well at point guard. In the end, though, Orlando can count on those self-inflicted wounds. They can count on the offensive rebounds. They can count on the poor defense, the reaching defense that committed so many fouls in the fourth quarter. They can count on their poor shooting and their inability to make shots as the reasons why they lost this game and the reason why now they're in a deep hole. With three games left, they're one and a half games back of the Brooklyn Nets for that seventh spot in the Eastern Conference. Of course, they play the Nets on Tuesday uh, in what is looking to be a huge game. These final three games are going to matter, and Orlando has to win. Have to win at least two of these three, and they have to win that Brooklyn game to get seventh, which was the ultimate, which is their ultimate goal here, um, and getting into the bubble, which is in danger of not happening. Um, they probably need to win all three to guarantee it. I, and I, I said from the very beginning, uh, I thought four and four would be enough to get that get the seven seed. I was probably not banking on Brooklyn beating Milwaukee, but four and four probably gets it. Brooklyn has a tough road ahead, but. Um, Orlando's goals are very much in jeopardy, and, and the Magic have not played well since those first two games. Obviously, they got a game against Boston now uh, to get themselves right. They're playing a little bit better. They played better against Toronto than they did against Indiana. They played better against Philadelphia than they did against Toronto. But of course, moral victories are not what we're here for anymore. And that's kind of the big picture takeaway here as the Magic clinch a playoff spot. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.
Before we continue here on the show, make sure you start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boudou and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. Check it out today, the Axios Today podcast. Last year, when the Orlando Magic made the playoffs, it was a celebration. No one else did it for them. No one else had to help them get in. They did it themselves. Steve Clifford said it all the way through to the end of that run. The most important thing that we need to do to make the playoffs is we need to play our way in. We want to be playing our way in. We want to play our best basketball and get into the postseason because of things that we did. Obviously, the playoffs are always something you did. It's the record and all that, but they wanted to control their own destiny. And so when they walked off the floor against Boston in that penultimate game, they knew they did the job. No one else did it for them. No one else helped them. They got a lot of bad help during that game. I mean, I was watching games throughout the day just to see if the Magic would be able to clinch that day or whether someone would clinch it for them. But it was important to the Magic and rewarding, and I would honestly say that Boston game last year was probably the most rewarding uh, and meaningful game of the season. The Magic won that game and clinched their own playoff spot. They literally played their way into the postseason. And that mattered. That sense of accomplishment, especially for a team first time making the playoffs, it mattered. It truly felt like there was something to celebrate. And you could see the excitement and exuberance on the bench as that game closed as they were walking off the floor, as they were going in the locker room, and in the locker room celebration afterward. As, as the Magic's media contingent that went on the trip, as, you know, as the Magic pod squad, you know, George Galante of the, uh, of the Magic's PR staff, you know, Dante Marcatelli of Fox Sports Florida, Jeff Turner, David Steele of Fox Sports Florida, they all said that they, the team went out to a very nice dinner in Boston uh, after, after clinching a playoff spot. It was a humongous sense of accomplishment. And it raised the expectations and standards around the Magic franchise. No longer was this a team that would accept moral victories. No longer was this a team that would accept a 35-win season as progress. The only progress is measured in wins, and that progress is only measured in the playoffs. The team had now seen just what they could do and just what they could be. And now they had to fulfill it and push it forward, move it down the road. As I've sat here and said every single time we've talked about the playoffs, because I know there's a lot of people who are a little uncertain about this team, every single goal about this season was about making the playoffs. The season is not a success because they made the playoffs, but it is not a failure. The baseline goal, the only measure you know, that saves the season from disaster, again, and we, we can debate that part later, is making the playoffs. From there, everything else grows. Everything else grows from that, from that supposition, from that accomplishment. The Magic want to improve, want to climb the Eastern Conference standings, you got to make the playoffs first. It's just a baseline goal. Not, it's not the goal it is a goal, a necessary goal. Not sufficient, but necessary. Friday night, the Orlando Magic clinched a playoff spot. Their second straight playoff berth. And it is 
a cause for celebration. The Orlando Magic, after six years lost in the wilderness, rebuilding after Dwight Howard, have now gone to back-to-back playoffs, or now will have back-to-back playoff appearances. That is not something to ignore. That is not something to, to push aside. That is not something to guffaw at. It is not something that we shouldn't take a moment and recognize. This is a perennial playoff team now. Well, maybe that's a little strong, but this is a consecutive playoff team now. They proved last year, the 2019 season, was not a fluke. They are capable of doing it again. It's called creating a pattern. It's called creating a culture. The Magic are a playoff team once again. Thanks to the Washington Wizards losing to the New Orleans Pelicans, the playoff spot was secured. The Magic PR, Magic PR and Twitter accounts put out a, a clinched graphic. The Magic are in. Plain and simple. Some, as have plenty of argued to me, would say, well, getting in as an under 500 team isn't that big of an accomplishment. It's the Eastern Conference after all. And I'd say, you know, okay, that's, that's fine. That's not how they determine who makes the playoffs. The playoffs are determined by the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference, and the Magic are one of the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference. That's fine. And so while we do reflect and appreciate this accomplishment, we also recognize that it is not enough. The Magic last year played their way into the playoffs. They had to earn it. They had to fight for it. They had to scrap for it. No one was going to hand it to them, and they made an incredible 22-9 run to get to that point. I've said many times that I think the experience of last year has helped this year's team weather a ton of injuries. This year's team had to play from the front. The playoff spot was theirs. Others were coming for them. They held them off through, through incredible adversity in a lot of ways and made it. That's an entirely different challenge. But the future is in focus. Because while the Magic have planted that same seed and seen something grow from it, it is not the beautiful tree that they expected it to be. Steve Clifford has said that this team had two goals upon entering the campus. One was to secure a playoff spot without needing to play in games. Check that one off. The second goal was to be playing in a manner where they could be competitive and make noise when the playoffs begin. Again, just like last year, Clifford wants his team playing its best basketball heading into the postseason. He wants them to be peaking at the right moment. He wants them to play their way in and see what happens when the playoffs begin. And regardless of these last three games, and regardless of the bubble, it's been abundantly clear throughout the course of this season that the Magic just aren't there. The progress that we hoped we would see, where some people thought the Magic could be a dark horse to get a top-four seed, never materialized. Yes, Jonathan Isaac took huge leaps and bounds this year. And an injury slowed him down and made, it felt like, a lot of this season irrelevant. Injury slowed a lot of people down too. Nikola Vucevic's injury, missing 11 games with a sprained ankle, slowed down any potential progress he could make. But even as he ramped up, and frankly even now because he's back kind of to that level, 
He's kind of proven that he can maintain those all-star level numbers, but maybe not that all-star level impact. He's proven that at his best, this is what he is. Evan Fournier having a career season has proven at his best, this is what he is. Aaron Gordon, a player that a lot of people pegged to become a first-time all-star this year, never quite got there. Again, injuries slowed him down, and injuries are a huge factor and a huge, huge part of this question that that faces the Magic. But he hasn't grown into an all-star, and while there are maybe some hints that he could get there, it's been a question we've been asking of him now for three seasons, and he hasn't gotten there. So you have to begin to think, well, what is he in this league? What is his optimal role in this league? The bottom line is, while the Magic have hit this benchmark, they've checked off this low-level goal that they had, this first thing that they had to accomplish before accomplishing the other things they needed to accomplish. This Magic team has not lived up to its potential and its expectations. As we sit here watching these last three games in the bubble, we see a team that is struggling to win and compete against quality opponents. They have just five wins. They are 5-30 and 30 against teams with records above 500. This is not a Magic team that is poised to make noise in the playoffs. This is a Magic team that looks increasingly frustrated, is able to run its sets and, and execute the basics of what Steve Clifford wants them to do, but it's unable to make the defensive plays and offensive plays it takes to win games. As I've said before many times, the playoffs are about whether you can beat a set defense that knows what's coming. It's about being able to beat... It's about being able to make plays and, again, beat a defense that knows exactly what you're trying to do. Beat an offense that knows exactly how you're trying to defend them. The playoffs are all about matchups. And while the Magic certainly have a puzzle that all fits fits together and seems to work in the regular season. We saw last year how that puzzle falls apart in the playoffs. And judging by the way the Magic have struggled with physicality and and, and some other issues in in this bubble, these, these playoffs do not appear to be looking much better. The next steps for the Magic are even trickier, to be perfectly honest. The team is capped out. Their best player or their most promising young player likely out for the year as we're going to talk a little bit about Mobamba also dealing with his own issues inside the bubble. The Magic certainly do feel like they've hit a ceiling. The potential that we hoped was present in making that first playoff berth has not materialized. And as we sit here, we do celebrate that the Magic have made the playoffs again. We hope that they are able to match last year's seeding. But despite all the experience, and yes, despite, frankly, the talent that suggests that this is a better team than last year's team. And honestly, I would say they are better than last year's team. I think they beat last year's team in in a lot of ways. But this is not a similarly accomplished team. They don't have the same identity and, frankly, frenetic and intense energy that that team had last year. This team, frankly, is still looking for its identity. They're just talented enough to win enough to make the playoffs. The Orlando Magic are back in the playoffs, and that is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. 
But this season has not delivered the progress, has not delivered any of the other goals the Magic set for themselves. This year, the Magic made the playoffs, but they didn't play their way in. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Some some medical news items to catch up on here before we close the show out today. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday to recap the Magic's game against Boston Celtics. I'll tease that again later. Um, but just a couple of quick notes that I feel like we do need to talk about. Um, as, as the Orlando Magic have had some medical issues they've had to deal with throughout the bubble. Not only Michael Carter-Williams' injury, not only Aaron Gordon's injury. They're both listed as day-to-day. We'll see if they play Sunday or not. But of course, Jonathan Isaac's torn ACL and now Mo Bamba. Let's start with Jonathan Isaac, though. The Orlando Magic uh, reported or, or announced during the course of Friday's game that Jonathan Isaac had successful surgery on his left knee to, to repair a torn, torn ACL as well as a torn meniscus. It is a very good news that he was able to get surgery fairly quickly. Um, it, typically, from, from what I understand, um, they usually wait until the swelling in the knee goes down uh, before they, they go in there and do surgery. Um, so it's good, A, that they were able to find out that it was both a torn ACL and a torn meniscus um, on the first surgery and, and on that surgery. And the meniscus tear is, is what Alfred Rukamini, uh dealt is dealing with as well. Um, they were, it's good that they were able to, to find that out fairly quickly as well as get the surgery done fairly quickly. You know, just kind of selfishly here or, or kind of just a, as a point of order, the sooner you get the surgery, the sooner you can begin doing the real rehab and getting yourself back onto the court. Now, we are still, of course, expecting Jonathan Isaac to miss the entire 2021 season. Um, I, I, it's usually a 9- to 12-month rehab uh, to, to get back to playing. Back to playing, And honestly, it's a full year after that to get back to just kind of being comfortable moving out on the court. Um there's obviously a long road ahead. Isaac's, you know, going to be in a cast for a little while. He's going to be on crutches for a little while. He's not going to be able to move that knee um, and, and, and do any kind of work whatsoever for a little while. So we're, we're at the beginning stages of this thing. As I said, uh, you know, this is, as I said online, this is day five, a big day. Day five of his recovery, of his comeback is a big one. Um, but obviously there's still a long, long way to go. But, you know, very, very glad to hear that Jonathan Isaac's doing well, that the surgery was a success and that that he is taking that important figurative step, not a literal step, um, but taking that step forward in his recovery. Um, I would also like to note 
that Jonathan Isaac did go on Instagram a few days ago. The story is gone by now, but he did thank um, all the fans and, and everyone for, for, for their prayers and for their well wishes. And, and, you know, he seems to, he seems to be very upbeat and positive and, and obviously still doing some great work in the community. So, um, I, you know, definitely de- our thoughts are still with Jonathan Isaac and, and still still hoping that he makes a, a full and fast recovery, a full, fast, and healthy recovery, I should say. The big news that came down Thursday, though, was about Mo Bamba. The, the number one question that I get from Magic fans over the course of this bubble of, of these games is why isn't Mo Bamba playing? And Mo Bamba didn't play again against the Philadelphia 76ers in a tight game where the Sixers were really muscling the Magic around. A uh, 20-pound heavier Mo Bamba might have helped. And, and indeed, the Magic did end up playing Kem Birch alongside Nikola Vucevic for some minutes, and they were fairly effective, I would say. Um, but this felt like a moment where, you know, they could have used Mo Bamba a little bit. But the Magic have been reticent to use him, and Steve Clifford's explanation has been his conditioning just isn't there. They can't play him for more than five minutes a game, and Clifford's not someone to just kind of throw a guy out there for a short time. He wants them to get their rhythm, and... He's trying to win games, so he's not in the business of developing, uh, of kind of letting a rookie go in there and make mistakes in games that he has to win. Um, this answer has not been satisfactory for fans, and that's understandable. And I, and I honestly, to me, it wasn't entirely satisfactory, although I understood it completely as well. There was unfortunately something that was working beneath all that. Uh, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of us, as we were reacting to this news and to these decisions, did not have the full information to judge Steve Clifford on his decision or judge what was going on. Mo Bamba decided to step forward and kind of clear the air and clear the record. He spoke to Josh Robbins of The Athletic, and I highly encourage you to go read that article and read what Bamba had to say both uh, in that article and on Facebook, and and said that he had tested positive for COVID-19 back in June. In fact, just as the Magic were beginning to reopen the Advent Health Practice Facility, Bamba tested positive, and so he was unable to join his teammates or unable to begin individual workouts when everyone else was. He was quarantined to his room and unable to kind of make, you know, catch up on the gains that he had made physically with skill work. On top of all that, upon entering the bubble, Bamba had two false positive tests, which forced him to quarantine longer than his teammates. So he didn't join practice even at the same time as them. To say the least, Bamba has been playing catch-up in a way that very few players on the Magic have. Certainly, Markel Fultz has begun, to ramp, has begun to ramp up his minutes. He's not playing starters minutes, and you could still see a lot of fatigue with him. But he is back with the team playing. Um, Bamba ha- has had to struggle with it. Clifford did say something that I do think was genuine and, and was true, and and and. Clifford, I think, was kind of covering for Bamba a little bit because the NBA had, had agreed to keep it private, that that no one, you know, that the league was not going to reveal positive COVID-19 tests for any individual player unless that individual did it themselves or gave permission to the league or to the team to do so. According to Josh Robbins, Bamba only told the team and very close friends and family. So it, 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 this wasn't something that he wanted to get out, and, and he's only letting it out now. You know, it seems like because of frustrations that are coming from fans and, and all that, but also because he wants to make sure that the message gets out there to take this disease seriously. Bamba reported to Robbins that he lost his sense of taste and smell, that he had you know general soreness and fatigue. And so while he certainly didn't get it as bad as a lot of other people, he got hit really hard. 
you know, seemingly harder than James Ennis got hit, who's, you know, playing very, very well at this point. Um, that's part of this equation for sure, too. And, and it's good that Bomba is getting that message out there and doing it on his terms and, and when he and when and where he is comfortable doing it. Um, so, you know, I applaud him for, you know, handling this so professionally and so maturely. Um, you know, you forget that he's only, what, 21, 22 years old. Um, you know, he's he seems to be handling this well. But the one thing I do think Steve Clifford has noted and is, and is genuine is, is that he's talked to Bomba. He understands his frustration, and he said, you know, it's it's about protecting the future. It's about protecting you and making sure that you're playing at, you're, you're learning how to play at that weight, uh, and that you, you know, aren't overworking yourself and 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 you're con- and getting your conditioning up. Um, it's it's unfortunate that Bomba's not playing in this situation. It it feels very similar to last year. Um, you know, one thing that I was looking forward to, and one thing that I felt would be valuable about going to the playoffs and finishing the season, even if. Um, even if the Magic end up seventh and really can't go anywhere, um, is that Bamba would get his first exposure to playoff basketball. He would be able to play and feel what a playoff game would feel like. Marco Fultz is still going to get that, so this experience is still valuable. Um, but it's certainly disappointing and frustrating that this happened to Bamba. And again, I, I applaud him for the message that he's sending. I applaud him for his maturity and, and his understanding of, of the Magic's decision-making and, and them trying to protect him a little bit. Uh, and I and I certainly applaud, frankly, his bravery in coming forward uh, and, and telling the world what happened to him, and trying to use what happened to him as an example to everyone else to take this virus seriously. So Orlando had a couple medical updates that they had to that they had to give, and, and certainly um, it's good that Bomb is back with the team. He's back with the team, so he is not he is no longer you know he's no longer testing positive, but he's still obviously feeling the after effects of the disease, um, and hopefully those dissipate to continue to dissipate and dissipate completely very, very soon. Well, that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, find me on Twitter at underscore md. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Once again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Philadelphia 76ers 108-101, to but they have clinched a playoff spot for the second straight year nonetheless. We'll be back again Monday for a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Boston Celtics, but until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.